Here I am again. Let me go ahead and get this Married to Medicine review out. I know I've been recording and recording different things and I keep referencing Married to Medicine and I'm like, okay, I haven't really recorded the, 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 the review. There wasn't a lot to talk about because this was more about the doctors really going to DC during the 57th um, anniversary of the March on March on DC. So it's really more about the doctors and their contribution in terms of testing uh, participants for COVID. <clears throat> and the other folks were just there because they're the spouses. All right. That's just reality. And that's just what it is. So on the bus, before we get to the bus ride at the house, Toya's first, how are you having a $2 million home? Let me start with that. $2 million home. And you mean to tell me that you cannot hear that bell, that your uh, bell ringing anywhere in that household? She claimed, she, Carrie came over and Toya claimed that she was downstairs so she didn't hear the bell ring. Um, okay. Then Carrie just walks into the house. Now, why isn't the door locked? Now, here's what I'm, this is what I'm guessing. Um, some areas, okay, like, you know, there are certain subdivisions and gated communities, which is where I'm guessing that Toya lives, where in order to even get into that gated community, you'd have to have an access code, okay? You'd have to punch it in on something, or you have to have maybe uh, um, a key fob or something that allows you into the community itself, all right? Once you're in the community, or you have to in order to get in, you'd have to, someone would have to give you a pass that may be valid for a certain amount of time, something along those lines. Just no, nobody just going to arbitrarily just show up. And typically, unexpected guests are not going to be able to just get in because it doesn't work like that. So I can see that this is probably where Toy is living in a community of that sort. All right. And then, of course, it, once you're in, then I guess she's like, who's going to come in my house? My neighbors? I mean, I would feel uncomfortable with the door unlocked anyway. But anyway, Carrie comes in there. And you know, Carrie's from back in, you know, I think it was the season one. <coughs> Ooh. Excuse me. <coughs> Something went down the wrong throat. <coughs> Sorry about that. Let me drink another water. So Carrie comes upstairs. They go into Toya's bedroom. Carrie sits on the bed, which I found to be problematic. <coughs> Excuse me. And so did Toya. Toya found it problematic as well. Toya sits up there at the head of the bed on the side of the bed that Eugene slips on. And uh, Toya was like, well, I don't know why Toya even brought up about the, the mattress being lopsided or something's wrong with the mattress and it's a relatively new mattress it's less than a year old and all of that and then carrie just decided to say well you know is it because your husband is so big or large or whatever she said anyway basically she called him fat yes eugene is fat but it wasn't for you to say carrie i was uncomfortable in that whole situation and you can tell toya was looking at carrie like well first of all you're on my bed she did say something to carrie like girl you lucky i'm letting you sit on the bed Honey, Toya, you should have take, taken off all that linen 
and put on new linen. That woman should not be sitting on your bed, but okay. So that was that. And they're talking about the trip and everything. So <clears throat> we get we get to the point where they're on the uh they you know taking a private jet. And Toya invites Carrie and she invites Lisa Nicole. Now, I know that the point of that was to get under heavenly skin. I know this is reality TV magic because, but the, even though it's supposed to be reality TV magic, the viewers know that you're not going to just arbitrarily invite people at the last minute thinking that there's going to be a space on the plane for them to sit and also thinking that they there will be a room for them to sleep in when they get to the Airbnb in D.C. It just wasn't adding up, <clears throat> okay? It None of that was making any sense. None of that, okay? The whole point of, of getting the private jet, it wasn't for the sake of flossing. It was more about safety, okay? Because if they were to take a flight, it would be on there with other people. They don't know if anyone's been exposed. It just was a safety measure. Remember, they were filming this during, um, you know, before a vaccine had been made public. So it makes sense to get a private jet. And with all these doctors on the plane, yeah, they, they, yeah. Even though we know Bravo probably, you know, the production paid for that. Because it's not like they don't go anywhere else on their trip, I don't think, but we'll see. So they uh, get on the uh, private jet. Everybody is, you know, enjoying the fact that, you know, that's how they're flying. And then they get to the, um, to get to DC and they're on the, um, their van to take them to the Airbnb. And there's always the issue of room assignments. How are we going to deal with the room assignments? Who wants a certain room? Blah, blah, blah. So Heavenly goes, she, she creates, oh, we're going to play a game about Black history. And whoever gets the most answers correct will get certain, you know, get the blue room and so forth and so on, whatever the different rooms were um, titled. And she asked about <clears throat> something about who created the streets or designed the streets or the grid in DC. And Toy got the answer from Eugene Benjamin Banneker. And then I think Jackie also answered with Peter LaShawn, whatever, Pierre LaShawn, something like that, whoever it was. And I looked it up and I found out that both answers were correct. This Pierre guy was the initial person on the project and Benjamin Banneker was on the project with him. And the guy, Pierre, ended up getting fired. And then Benjamin Banneker, who was a surveyor, ended up becoming the project lead. So technically, they both were right. But you know, um, <clears throat> Heavenly didn't want to, Heavenly didn't want to give any credit to Toya at whatsoever. And, you know, she just wanted to give Toya and Eugene the crappy rooms. That's all that was about. Okay, so we move right along. <laughs> we get past that. And they get to the Airbnb. The room that Toya thought she was going to get, Cecil and Simone were in the room. They were like, we already here. <laughs> y'all got to go someplace else. I don't care what game y'all played. We in this room, child. Whew, I get so tired of them playing these games and fighting over certain rooms. But yeah, it is what it is. So Heavenly lets everybody know more than once. She said, look, we're going to have dinner. Uh, we have two guests coming over, Al Sharpton and uh, Ben Crump, attorney Ben Crump, Reverend Al Sharpton. You're going to have to be on time because 
They're on tight schedules, in particular Al Sharpton. So you're going to have to be on time. He done squared off a little time for us. So, when, you know, you need to be downstairs at whatever time it was and, and be on, and that's it. So most of the people came down early anyway, especially the guys. They wanted to go have a couple of drinks, talk, have cigars, do what they do before Al Sharpton was scheduled to arrive. When it came to attire, I'm going to say this. Cecil looked great. You know he likes to be flashy. You know he's all about the fashions and everything. Simone looked like she was probably uh, the server or maybe the hostess at a restaurant. She had a black skirt, white blouse. Just did. She looked real basic, <laughs> real basic. Even Heavenly was like, "Now nah, Heavenly ain't no fashionista herself." But Heavenly had a good point. Heavenly said, um, "I actually wish that Simone, you know, allowed." Cecil to pick out her clothes because she just can't dress. Now, Heavenly, you did look nice this time, but you don't always hit the spot either when it comes to dressing in attire, you or daddy, because daddy typically when he shows up is in his scrubs or, you know, he just having something basic himself. So I don't think you need to be the one to speak about fashions, okay, because you're not the one. So they get down to dinner. Al Sharpton arrives and Contessa and Scott were not downstairs. I don't know why they weren't downstairs. I don't know what was going on. I'm not sure if they were just being lovey-dovey or not. And I'm going to say the or not part emphasis on that. I don't know what was going on with them too, but whatever it was, they weren't there. <clears throat> they weren't downstairs on time. They came a few minutes late. And, you know, Al Sharpton seemed to be kind of, you know, he was cool with it. He was like, oh, you two are doctors? You know. So they're talking. Al Sharpton is giving some, you know, praises for them for doing this and talked a little bit about, you know, history, a little bit about when he got started and all that. And it's so great to see a bunch of black doctors, you know, when he was younger, their age group that didn't exist. So that was cool. That was really cool. So then he leaves and he left before dinner actually was served. By the time Ben Crump got there, they were already having dinner. So Ben Crump gets there and he's talking. He's he gives a little bit more. Uh, uh, spent a little. I think he spent a little bit more time with them and talked a little bit more. He was very impressed with them. Talked about social injustice. I think Eugene asked a question about what are they going to do about social reform. He also mentioned that his father was a cop and all of this. So you know they, their conversation was decent for the. I mean, it had a good conversation. You know, no no issues. You know, at the dinner table. Thank goodness. So the next day. <clears throat> the doctors, and I think Lisa McCole was with them. I'm not sure. Was Lisa, I'm not sure if Lisa McCole was there, but I know the doctors went to go and take a look at where they would be set up, how things were going to run, all that kind of good stuff. Heavenly was there because she was the one that was contacted initially. And her husband is also, well, she was the, she was a contact person, so of course she's going to be there. The rest of the people that were not doctors um, were left behind. Again, this trip was mainly about the doctors. So you got Cecil and Curtis playing basketball. You got the ladies getting hair and makeup done to go lay by the pool. I did not understand that whatsoever. I honestly was confused as to why they need to get dressed up with hair and makeup to go lay by the pool. I didn't get it, but okay. <clears throat> 
And then Carrie comes back with the mess. She says, oh, I was talking with contestant Heavenly earlier. And they would say, oh, you know what? We think you're very smart. You should hang with us. That just sounded so petty in high school. So then you get Toya annoyed. Oh, they don't think we're smart. Anybody could be a dentist. No, no, no. There's a lot of schooling involved to become a dentist. You just it ain't no anybody just going to walk around and become a dentist. It ain't like that, girl. Okay. And that's really the whole episode. I'm just, I mean, really honest, that really, you know, wasn't anything going on. I think because we did have Al Sharpton and Ben Crump there that they didn't make it a overly, uh, uh, you know, dramatic uh, episode, which is fine. I'm good with that. They didn't have to. So I'm fine with that. And that's all it was. Talk to you later about Marriage to Medicine.